We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. FedEx, St. Jude, Championship, first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, picks, bets, preview, and the one and done play in the Listeners League, the final one of the golf season. That's down in the description right now. And if you want to get on some NFL preseason action or even just get your sub to runthesims.com for the year, highly recommend that you go to runthesims.com slash mayo or just use code mayo. You get yourself 10% off that sub, which will have all of the playing time projection notes for preseason games and then all of the tools that you'll get throughout the year for NFL Daily Fantasy, wherever you play Daily Fantasy, and for the props market, for the betting market, your player comparisons. If you just want season-long fantasy projections, those are free. You just have to go create an account, and boom, you can use those no problem. Jeff Feinberg, I pointed this out in the newsletter, and I think I even said it on the show I did with Raza on Tuesday, that one of Adam Shank, Lucas Glover, and Eric Cole were going to win the Wyndham Championship because... I had been betting them most of the year, but did not bet them for this event. So, of course, Lucas Glover comes through with a 90-1 to win. Saw a lot of winners out there. Myself, not so much a winner. You even highlighted Glover on the show. <laughs> um, credit to the guys that were just on the wagon. Like, we were on it a few times. The subfield, the John Deere, there were chances. We, I just got off. I got off. I'm like, I'll stick to my losers who don't win instead of sticking with other like this other loser who hasn't won. And well, no, he won the John Deere a couple years ago. Um, anyhow. Yeah. Credit to everybody who either jumped on the Glover train or stayed on it. I was one of the many who you said there are many winners. There are also many poor souls who jumped off, but I wasn't even as close to you as actually betting him this past week. So it probably hurts less for me. Yeah, Even I, though I still suck. I, I can see that. I, I had Cam Davis and Svensson, and like going into the weekend, I was like, oh, Svensson's right there. He's looking good. Bad weekend for old Adam Svensson. Not great. 
yeah, it was a tough weekend for a few guys that just, you know, couldn't find it. And Glover and Henley, I mean, they were sticking it. Their proximity to pin felt insane. And then, you know, Henley gets multiple bad breaks coming home. Uh, but that's golf. It's so cruel. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that Tim was bragging to me about Henley and how he was going to win when I saw him on Saturday when we filmed a cuss corner. So there's a new cuss corner in the bank coming at you sometime in the next few weeks. Uh, additionally, so he ends up you know getting the bad breaks. But then Tim was like victory lapping Alex Fitzpatrick winning on the challenge tour, which I thought was odd. Yeah, so Tim is essentially now claiming anyone who's come into his orbit recently is having success. And I don't even like you guys made a bet that involved Alex Fitzpatrick, but I don't even think he picked Alex Fitzpatrick. Like you guys just suggested it as a fair name for your bet. Correct. It was just pick someone in the $5,000 range at the open championship. And that was the only name he knew. So he picked him. And it yeah, I almost think the name was tossed out to him. Um, he's also victory lapping. We did a show. Whenever we last chatted anything football, he talked up Josh Palmer, and now Josh Palmer's having this superstar training camp. So what Tim's is, been letting hold me on, know. Hold on, uh, hold on. What does that mean exactly? Uh, okay, no, I am not one of these like posting videos. I just like read the guys. He is showing out every day, and maybe that's just relative to it's a maybe crowded receiving room, and there's this guy that I don't. He's playing really well. He's getting noted as like whoa. Caught 72 balls last year. He's having a nice camp. I'm not here for like a training camp highlight thing. And you're right. I don't even know how to quantify that. And we can make fun of training camp things. I'm just saying, Tim, last time I we spoke on air, he's like, yeah, Josh Palmer's the man. And I'm like, I didn't even know you know who Josh Palmer is. And now Josh Palmer is getting like noted a lot in training camp and yeah, Tim seems to think everyone in his orbit is having success right now. I guess that's all I meant to say, and I used way too many words to get there. Do you think this is just leading up to the inevitable Jets crashing down in the worst way possible? It is setting up for for glorious. Like, I don't know what it's going to become of it. He has my emotional support this year. I've promised that to him. And... Pat, his behavior since he went on that rant a couple of weeks ago where he even discussed it himself, he has like found a level of public measure. I don't know what's going on in your group chat, but publicly he's actually being very level at the moment. Well, he was warned that if he continued to post jet stuff in our group chat, <laughs> that our other friend would just continuously put dolphin stuff in there. And he, I guess he felt like the amount of trigger that he feels upon seeing anything dolphins related is not worth the fact that we don't care about any of this random jets yeah. news that comes out every day. Even in November, you wouldn't care, but yes, like even the football fans, we don't care about jets radio on August 5th on our group chat in the middle of the day. Like no one gives a shit Tim. So you don't do that with the chargers. No, no, I specifically, no, I'm not. You can like love, I don't chargers radio in my group chat. I would just get made fun of just like my buddy who loves the Titans post some like stupid little Titans thing in like Titans orbit. And we're like, what are you doing here? No one gives a shit. Take that elsewhere. So there's a bunch of stuff that happened throughout the course of the weekend. I, I guess we can talk about Justin Thomas and 
shrinking down the FedEx Cup playoffs to the top 70, because he ended up coming 71st. Adam Scott actually ended up coming in 72nd to miss the playoffs this year. I thought it was a pretty compelling watch during the afternoon. And it was kind of crappy. What was it? The day before, like they were just showing like three guys. It really didn't make any sense. They were showing, I mean, there was Ben Ann, Glover, and Henley, and they were starting to run away with it a little bit, but you had all of these other stories. And I just don't feel like, I mean, the ultimate would have been Justin Thomas making that chip, making the playoffs. I think that would have left a lot of people satisfied when it came down to it. But his back nine to try to qualify for the playoffs was just insane. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I guess you could say it was compelling TV. You wonder you wonder what TV does if, say, that is um, Nick Hardy, like just random a random name, you know, battling with Ben Griffin for the final spot. But. Yeah, I mean, we sort of indicated this Justin Thomas story, Pat, like since the end of the Open Championship, it's really the only compelling story in golf. Like, unless you want to debate live and PGA, I mean, like actual on-course golf. Um, and I guess it delivered. Uh, and, and any dude, there's people on Twitter. You say something nice about Justin Thomas and they just like instantly need to shit on him. Like, we don't grade him on the same curve that we're doing the other guys fighting for 70, but you can acknowledge the guy, you know, he he's in a bad spot and he's hitting his approaches horribly and he's giving it his all at the same time. Like, sure, they're paid to do that, but we see a lot of golfers, like athletes, just pack it in. They're rich enough. They'll deal with it. They'll fix it in the offseason. He didn't do that. He literally fought to the end. And maybe I shouldn't be impressed or glad hand that, but I enjoyed it. I mean, the Wyndham Championship needs something. That's why I like that they shrunk it to top 70 in ties or top 70 total. Sorry, not in ties. Because if you only if you have the top 125, because we saw this play out a little bit last year with Chesson Hadley, and he ended up making that hole in one, kept his card, qualified for the playoffs. And I do think that there's a little bit more to that because you're seeing these guys with their livelihood basically on the line that are they going to remain on the PGA Tour? Are they going to have to go back down to Corn Ferry to try to get their card back? There's something compelling there. But as you said, with Justin Thomas, like that's a real person that people care about, and you just don't have that. I guess Fowler was in that one year at yeah. the Wyndham when he was trying to do that. But that was a very rare circumstance where you saw a name that big trying to qualify. We had a bunch of guys trying to do it this week, be it Lowry, be it Scott, or Justin Thomas. And, you know, he finishes one spot out of it. But it will make people care a little bit more when it's Justin <laughs> Thomas, not Justin Hadley, or I don't know. I mean, if it was Ben Griffin battling Cameron Davis for that last spot, no one gives a shit. Yeah, that's sort of my question. If it was like, yeah, Nick Hardy no, in they that don't care. battle... They would show it a little, but they wouldn't have this all-consuming part of the coverage, which was nice. And you're right. It does take a bit of a absolute perfect storm, Pat, to get a player of Justin Thomas's quality and name value and CV fighting for that situation. I mean, there's a that doesn't really happen. I would say, did this new... This new construct, like, have they now set themselves up where Justin Thomas will miss no cut events next year. Like I love the meritocracy of golf. I'm all about that. So I, these no cut events and earning your way into them is an accomplishment for Adam Shank, for Eric Cole, for Brendan Todd. But I saw, uh, uh, you know, an internet friend, sun, sun dog monkey, Martin Matthews, who had his like Twitter account, like virus and 
He's trying to build it back up again. But he meant like that could be the unintended consequence of now Adam Scott, Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, all world brand players not being in these events. I think your official world golf ranking still gets you in. So okay. un- under those parameters, you'd be fine. Or if you've won something, almost like the majors, like when we kept seeing Martin Keimer in the U.S. Open all those years, like, what the hell is he qualifying? It's like, oh, yeah, he won nine years ago. So he has his 10-year exemption. I mean, Hideki won the players, so he's probably good for a while, uh, as we recall. But Thomas did win the players, what, like two years ago? So he's probably still, like, auto-qualified for all these things. And he won the PGA but- Championship last year. I think that those things, I- I'm not positive with the designated events, whether those work or whether those don't. But uh, if you're not in, you can go to the Canadian Open and try to qualify for the Memorial now. Yes, you can do that. Um, could be a casual next year. You say that you say that about everything every year. No, no, I said this year for next year. No, I could just watch golf at four o'clock on the weekend. That's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Sounds lovely. We'll talk about the the new schedule here in a minute, but uh, I think we do need to talk about Bryson for a second. He shoots a 58 in the final round of the live event to win it. That's kind of insane. He's using this new driver, and I saw an ad. I had never heard of this company before, and figuring how good their marketing is. I still can't remember the name of the company right now, but was there ever a, was it crank crank? Yeah. With a K like K R A N K. I might be wrong. I mean, Cuss is coming up a big winner. He loves that movie Christmas with the cranks, which is absolutely terrible, but either way, uh, great advertising for them. Uh, I'd never heard of this company. And like I said, I forgot the name of it already, but if there's ever a time to get in business with someone, you know, have them credit their new driver and shoot 58 to win a golf tournament. It's not bad. That was beautiful. Um, minus 23 over three days at the Greenbrier. Credit to Bryson. That was a train. Uh, I, I bet Mito, who I think was in second. So I still never want to live bet, but that feels normal. Um. Yeah, I don't even know what to make of that. I saw DraftKings at a hundred to one on Bryson to win the Masters yesterday. Would like you thirty five fifty at other places? Would you bet him a hundred to one to win the Masters right now? Because I wouldn't. Yeah, no, it's not like I ran to even bet it. There's a lot that goes into that. We see how these odds for the majors work in general. Like if you don't, if you're not playing well, like he'll be over 60, 70 anyway in in the lead up uh but i would say i don't really have interest for him to win the masters i do think he should be involved in the Ryder cup discussion how oh, you you want to do this right now because i i've actually figured out there was something about the thomas stuff and maybe it's just because they were showing him so often you know the, the dramatics on 18 and then his interview afterwards about you know he doesn't really give a shit about the fedex cup he just wants to make the Ryder cup team so badly there is a very easy path for him to make this team do you want to know what it is go to europe just keep chipping away yeah. the rest of the team is on it's an uninspiring options they're uninspiring options so he's still in play there are but if he goes and plays this tournament in northern ireland next week and then the czech masters and then the swiss masters then the irish opener two of those events or three of those events if no one really separates during the fedex cup like a new name that we see he's going to be given an awful lot of credit for going to grind over 
the off season, basically, on the European tour to try to get his Ryder Cup spot. That's going to go a long way to show that he really wants to be there. And if all things being equal, like he's not ineligible as it stands right now. It's not, and you know, if Finau wins an event or comes in second, you know, Finau leaps him with how they need to go, or if they're dead even right now, that if he just shows a little gumption and goes over to Europe, I mean, that's just going to play to everyone's, everybody, oh, look how much he wants it. There'll be a positive narrative about him. You know, if he wins the, I don't know, D&D real check masters, people will be like, good enough, get him on the team. Okay, so... Since it's the only like golf event I actually care about left in the year, I think about it lots and I flip flop on it lots. And I am now in this moment this morning, Pat, of the opinion. When I bet, like when you bet a football game, you want the coach on the other team to do the things you don't want. Like you want him to kick the field goal on fourth and short. Like you just do. Please kick it or like punt. Do the things I don't want you to do. As someone who's currently invested in Europe, and I've spoken about it at plus 200, at plus 190, I've seen the USA as low as minus 145 this morning. So I could even like reevaluate my situation. These aren't even big plays. But, and I, my point being is, as someone invested in Europe, do you know what I don't want the Americans to do? I've decided. Because if I was an American fan, I'd say, fuck it. Let's just bring the dragons. Bring all our dragons. And I, what I mean by that is Dustin, is Bryson, is Justin. Just bring the dragons. Bring the dragons. All of them. Fuck this riffraff. No disrespect to any of them. I would fill the back with as many dragons as I could fit in. And that would scare me as someone who bet Europe. I wouldn't like it on paper nearly as much. You know when shit on paper? But that's what I think Zach should be thinking about right now. Bring the fucking dragons. Do you think that there is, I, I know the winning on the live tour is like whatever, but Bryson performed pretty well in the majors this year. What would you put the odds of him making this team at? Cause I don't think it's very high. I don't know. Then that's wrong. Then they're doing themselves a disservice. Well, I mean, okay, because- hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Bryson has a good run and has a, two great rounds over the weekend at Liv Greenbrier. Why aren't we talking about Lucas Glover then, who just beat 156 guys? I don't care. No, I'm well, in this I mean, there, there, there needs to be a standard to this. Like, is if we're not going to consider Gooch at Bryson's all. Bryson's won Bay Hill. Bryson's won. Um, okay, yes, they, they both won U.S. Opens if we're comparing it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, the ceiling. I would play to it, and if any part of it is around right there, I would I would do it. So you would, take, um, and you- and and I think it's you're right. It's hard to quantify what the wins mean, but when the wins are coming from the higher end players, um, I, I don't know. I trust that they're good players, and I would rat like I. I know you don't actually mean let's bring Lucas Glover and you're just trying to make a fair argument. They both won this weekend. How do we quantify the achievement? Um, There's so many questions that come with a live win. I agree. I'm not here to put it on a pedestal, but, uh, but because in my opinion, this back end of the USA has some uninspiring potential options. I think it's a fair thought to say, let's just load the, the dragons. But if that's okay, if that's the case and they have, let's say two spots that are open right now, you don't think that they would take Thomas and Finau before they took Dustin and Bryson. I think they would take Thomas and Finau over Bryson and 
and Dustin. But I'm saying if the goal is to win, all the options should be on the table and the options to me feel even more legitimate because the team just doesn't, I, I keep saying it, but it doesn't, it's uninspiring options to me that they're picking between at the moment. So why not throw these guys? And uh, Tim was already in my my DMs this morning to make sure I mentioned Gooch. I'm not really even thinking about him, but he's another uninspiring option for a pile of uninspiring options. Well, the Gooch but thing he's is not like, a dragon, and I'd rather bring a dragon. I mean, is he a dragon? Because he's the guy who's going out there on live and beating all these guys most of the time. Maybe he is. But unfortunately for Taylor Gooch, he's in his 30s, and he left the PGA Tour with one swing season event. So he's a lot harder for me to quantify than Bryson DeChambeau. That's just when you go to live in that situation, even when you succeed on live and credit to him. And I've given him credit because he's the, literally the only player. Out, like he's the we've, we've mentioned how shitty that next tier of guys that have gone to live have been from answer Neiman. Um, there's more, but they've all been shit. I'm the only loser. I've literally bet Thomas Peters blind every single event. I'm a psychopath. I am a psychopath. Um, that is psychotic behavior. I was so stupid. Thomas, he's like going off the board 40, 50. I'm like, there's no way Thomas Peters will not make me whole at 40 to one on goddamn live. By betting him every week. Well, guess what? I, I, I'm a clown. <laughs> like, what a, what a. And they, that was dumb to think, like, you just go there with any sort of pulse, like, you compete. You could compete. No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I have a name for you. And he's automatically on. He's not automatically on the team, but he's going to be on the team. But someone who hasn't like played great in a while and hasn't won in a while. It's funny that Spieth is just an auto here. They can't. <laughs> yeah, he's one hundred, dude. I, I know. I agree with you, but he's like behind Cameron Young in the standings. Yeah, it's just really funny, and it would be for them to lose their heart and soul in the sense of. The reasons I went to the brown bags on the USA late juice at the last rider at the last presence what was just because it felt like there was just this new guard led by Spieth and Thomas, not even calling them the best players, but being like, they seem to be the guys who are in charge of this thing now. Like, they almost play vice-captain roles in a two-year lead-up in all of it. And so, it's, yeah, you're right. Those text conversations are probably, probably weird. So, um, so who, because if you look at the standings right now, like the top 12, I mean, I recall Cus saying this a few weeks ago that he would just take the top 12. It might actually turn into that unless Sam Burns can make some noise. And I like Sam Burns a lot this week. He's going to be my one and done in Memphis. Ooh, but looking at a 45, haven't touched it yet, though. Yeah, he, he's the sort of last guy on that tier before the odds really jump up to the next level of players. But he sits 13th. And the guys who don't have the auto bids right now, like, Homa is close enough that one good tournament gives him an auto bid, so he's going to be on the team. So let's just factor him in. Spieth is probably automatically going to be on the team regardless of what happens. So you have Cam Young, Keegan, Morikawa, Fowler, Sam Burns before you're into Justin Thomas, Denny, Kitayama. Fino's down to 19th. He's behind Harris English. 
in the get Denny and Kitayama's names out of here. Well, but they could play themselves on right now. Like they could not necessarily pull a Billy Horschel and become a captain's pick, but if Denny or Kitayama can win in Memphis, it might be enough to elevate them up to close to like where Harmon's at right now. Because the only two guys that have actually clinched their spots are Scheffler and Wyndham Clark. I'm taking my pill today. <laughs> oh God! So yeah, uh, again, uh, this uh, is all this un- uninspiring. I don't want any. If I, as someone who bet Europe, like please God, Denny win. Kurt, go finish second place this week. A Denny Kurt one two finish. If I am a European golf stand, is what I am cheering for this week. Then. Yeah, but but those guys are on the outside looking in, and they would have to probably win two FedEx Cup events or first, second, second, or something like that in order to get a captain's pick for the team. But if you just look at the top thirteen, only twelve make it. Like Burns is thirteenth. The guys ahead of him are Morikawa and Fowler and Keegan and Cam Young, Spieth and Max Homa. Like, that's probably going to end just end up being the team. Like, I don't think that Bryson's going to get on. I don't think that Dustin's going to get on. And unless Thomas goes to Europe and, like, wins an event, then he's not getting on either. Probably not. And I have to come to the fact and say you're probably right. Finau could be in dead fish territory, although FedEx St. Jude seems like it's set up real nice for him, potentially. Why would you um, say that? Well, his odds were shorter than I thought they'd be for a guy who hasn't really done anything for a long period of time. But anytime there's just a, a premium on, he's kind of been all over the map. I, I, what I guess I meant to say is I've probably bet him a lot here at St. Jude. But the players he's around at the odds right now, I have no interest in Fina. And that's weird for me to say from a bet. Well, so I, I, oh, he always survives cuts. I, I, well, there's, well, there's no cut. Cuts, I mean, like in my, like seeing the board, just red inking games, trying to get it into a list, which I can then turn into a betting card. That yes, no cut. Okay, who do you think is the most likely to fall out and not be a captain's pick of those guys? Cam Young, Keegan, Morikawa, or Fowler? Keegan. I think it's Cam Young. Like, I think Keegan's done more than enough, especially over the past few years to be on this team. Love Cam Young this week, though. Do you? Why? I think he's playing nice i saw 55 to 1 staring at it i've bet nothing yet and i'm happy the odds have remained so hopefully they didn't change in our discourse because yeah, i like they've been stagnant and i have a new thought that um i i, I suck right now so let's just like let it breathe for me a, a little longer that's my thought at the moment but yeah i like cam young this week i think he can miss the landmines and go full throttle at a course like this He's the same odds as Brian Herman, major championship winner. That's where we are now. And Russell Henley, too, at 35 to 1. I saw that. Saw that. He's playing good golf. Yeah, Henley's playing great golf. And credit to Ben Ann, who I kind of like called out last week is no, there's these guys at 60 to 1 that I trust way more than Ben Ann, even though to to actually win, which he didn't do. But I I was all those guys, like Henley and Billy and Glover, any of them, I didn't have money on any of them. I could have been happy for all of them. Like their their stories in their own way over the last little bit all um, would make me really happy to have seen one. It's nice to see Webb get back in there. He didn't have a chance to win, but I, th- I think he scratched like a top five or a top six or something. I know he played well when I wasn't watching the tournament early in the week. Okay. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get into the FedEx Cup, St. Jude. Top 50 remaining in the FedEx Cup standings will advance to next week at Olympia Fields for the BMW Championship. But we're here. we got 70 guys in the field. And if we go to the very top of the board at TPC Southwind, we see Scotty Scheffler at 7, Rory and Rahm at 8, Xander and Victor and Cantlay all at 16 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. And then you have, let's see here, Tyrrell Hatton at 18. We'll just talk about all of those guys. The ones that jumped off the page. When I did the research show, Xander actually rated out really well. Of the big three, I think I like Rom the best of those guys at this course. But Hatton, not necessarily at 18. I would probably, he's down to 22 in real time at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. It's a more palatable number. Victor and Hatton were the two that I really gave a long look at. But I think that there's just other guys a little bit after. I like basically the same i i mean i'm always thinking victor and i've been in on hatton but i agree i have sort of not i don't see myself really being part of any of this because i'm a sucker for that next tier which is kind of a dead zone well we've seen the trend lines of recent form building and building and building and building to a win wouldn't it just make a lot of logical sense that hatton would win this week I mean, yes, he's probably played the best, despite so many really quality names having not won tournaments this year. No one probably, Hatton probably had better form than all of them to be coming home empty thus far. Well, I see it here. I, I wrote him up in my column on DraftKings Network. So he came over to Phoenix in America for the first time this year. He's played 15 events on the PGA Tour. He's finished top six uh, seven top six finishes and only four finishes outside the top 20 for Hatton in 15 events this year. Incredible. And it's, and it's not like he's a, how can I put this? We trust Hatton to win more than someone like Fleetwood, don't we? Yeah. I mean, you just have to, to a certain extent at some point. And Hatton, I mean, I don't know where it stands right now, but I know for like weeks on end, Justin Ray would always tweet like he's the only player on tour who's both there's both such premium categories. Like it was putting was obviously one of them approach and maybe drive it like he was doing everything right. And it seems like he, he still is for the most part. He is. And just to, even to go back and look at his numbers, like over the past 24 rounds in this field, he's top 10 in driving. And I think he's first in putting. It's crazy that he's like sixth in this field of all the best players in driving. Uh, it's just been 
become such a big part of his game so far this season, even an approach like over his past 10 tournaments, he's averaging almost three strokes gained per tournament. It just, he seems to have two really good rounds and two very mediocre rounds during the course of a tournament. Like that's what happened in Canada. I think he finished at minus 16 and he was eight under Friday and Saturday and was even the other two days. It's really strange. I would say at this price, I mean, you are getting kind of cocky and just like, yeah, I'm calling the win. Didn't we do that last year with Will Z at this tournament? Yes, but that was, again, um, yeah, and that was a long road coming. The the four, I mean, I'm Hat, Willie Z was glorious in those losses last year. Hatton's been glorious this year. He doesn't really have those uh, almost wins like Willie had in that sense. I mean, I know he was second at the players, but yeah, that was he like it was a great birdie on the last, and he was still would have needed a lot of shit. Um, like he was still like 125 to one with like two holes to go, despite coming in second. If that makes any sense, this is the, it's the reverse situation kind of happened in Scotland the week before the Open Championship, where I think he was the betting favorite on the back nine, and then he kind of imp- the ball moved on him. <laughs> When he was trying to like chip it, and he just absolutely shanked it. It was really weird. And then Rory just went on. Well, Bobby Mack went unconscious. Then Rory went even more unconscious and ended up winning that tournament. But Hatton, I think on like number 11, because I had money on Hatton. So I was following it. He was the betting favorite at some point on the back nine. Yeah, I had him that week too. I've had him uh, a lot. I would also say probably does feel time. Like the wheel of death probably is due to reward under 20 to one again. Like I know Rory won in Scotland um, and he was clearly probably the pre-tournament favorite or right there. And Rom won in um, obviously the masters and Finau at Mexico, but it just feels like just been the top just feels like it's been so dead. And that's why I kind of pointed out, I'm considering a big bet on Rom here at the top. And it's funny with, Scheffler, because Scheffler's, you know, had the amazing ball striking numbers, and it doesn't really seem like he's taken that far of a step back. It was a little bit back at the Open Championship, and the putting was still an abject failure. You can win this tournament without putting well. We've seen, like, Justin Thomas, the year that he won, lost, I think, two strokes putting, and Brooks came in second, and he lost, like, three strokes putting. So as long as your ball striking is on point in Memphis, you can play really well. There'll be plenty of... I mean... I'm still scared shitless of, of Scheffler doing that. I wouldn't even know how to attack the very top. It's just, um, just Rom was in a lull since the Masters, essentially. I mean, he put in a good effort to try to defend in Mexico. Finau got him, but it seems like he he's made a few charges. Like, he made a charge at Memorial on the final day. He made a charge not to win, but to, like, have a respectable finish. Like, when you look at his numbers after the fact, you're like, oh, shit, those are actually pretty good. And he did lose over five strokes putting at Mirrorfield Village as well. But the U.S. Open, after a disastrous first round, he played his way back into it, didn't give a shit about the Travelers. Then we just see him at the Open Championship, and he ends up coming in second place. No one was going to run down Harmon. But we're now at the point of the season where I do think that he should be a gigantic favorite to win Player of the Year right now. Essentially, he's dodging a Harmon, Wyndham Clark, or Scotty Scheffler winning the FedEx Cup. I think that's what it will take to take away John Rahm's major 
few second place finishes and four wins away from him to be the player of the year. But it does seem like his game is trending back upwards a little bit. And I don't know if he is going to defend next week at Olympia Fields uh, when he beat Dustin in the playoff with that really long putt. But this is a course where I just do think his overall skill set plays really well. And if he can just find the putter a little bit, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, it should be no secret to anyone who watches this show. Uh, Rom is, I'm always a sucker for Rom when having to pick between the top three. He's, you know, got the form. I, I don't know that I'll just don't see myself getting there. Okay. So in the 20 to 50 range, because there's a lot of names in here, it, are there <laughs> people who jump out? Because I mentioned Hatton. I, I was even looking at Fleetwood a little bit for this tournament, depending on the number you can get him at. And you said you saw a 40 to one hanging out there? Yeah. Um, not like enhanced win, but one of those boosts, uh, you know, but it was 33 regardless of that. Yeah. They might've gone 28 to 40 or 33 to 40, but I was thinking about the 33. I mean, that's a guy who's in insane form. I don't know. I'm not like him winning a FedEx cup event. I mean, that's what sort happened. Of feels that's, maybe that's, above him, yeah, but that's, maybe that's where. You know, we always joke like that's where Fino had a break. That's where Willie Z had a break. Um, you know, it's not a major, but it's big. Like maybe that's will be his crowning achievement. I'd love for it to happen, whether I bet him or don't. But I think the 40s pretty attackable for me. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I mean, if you're going to get double the odds on Fleetwood than Hatton, I know that I kind of proclaimed Hatton as more of a winner than Fleetwood. I don't think he's two times as much of a winner. And that allows me to do more with the betting card if that ends up going through. Like, I like, listen, it's no surprise that I think this course will event. Morikawa is going to win this event at some point in his career. And it's been so long since he won. This feels like a good place with his game sort of rounding back into form. Open championship, notwithstanding, when he was terrible and hit it out of bounds despite being a super accurate driver. But his accuracy numbers are still back up. The irons are getting better. He's actually putted pretty well over the course of the last two months. And that might be all it takes. So him, Fleetwood, and then Burns is sitting there. Burns lost in the playoff to answer here that year and even when you look at his Wyndham numbers like he gained over four strokes on approach he gained over four strokes putting he just needs to rein in his driving a little bit and I think that Burns of I don't want to call him a long shot because on DraftKings he's 35 to one I found some 45s out there I think that might be as long as I want to go this week okay so a couple things both guys you mentioned I like they are on my short list Morikawa, I've seen as high as like 33, still 35. It seems incredibly fair. I'm not a guy who even bets this, so I could be willing to jump in. Last time I like put my toe in the pool, he had that horrible first round somewhere, and then he went unconscious in the second round. But you can't win on tour, it seems, these days without four good rounds. Um, I'm about Sam Burns. I I see it like rounding. I see it. I see it. I see it rounding. I don't care about the miscut at the 3M. I'll look at all the numbers right before that. And that was right out of the open where he finished eighth. That's like a free pass for me. 45 to one. Uh, I'm staring at it too. And I'll even raise an, an insane. Um, geez, was I looking at? Apologize. I had Cam Young there. Because um, I like Cam Young. I like Burns a lot. So I mentioned a miscut at the 3M that was for Cam Young. Um, You've already spoken about Burns. I like Cam Young. There's 55 to 1. I think that is uh, pretty fair. Phillip Rivers. 
I, I do think that a lot of these, uh, do you think that the odds at DraftKings right now are going to funnel back down to match the other places? Or do you think the other places are going to move their odds to match DraftKings? Okay, I am not sure. But I am like treading lightly this week, as I've mentioned, to try to just breathe a little longer before I make my bets. Um, but they have pretty much stayed stagnant. Like the the lots of Monday morning movement, I haven't really seen. Now, maybe there's dudes that were 150 to one that are now 90. I wasn't, they weren't on my radar anyway. You mentioned you don't want to go farther than 45. I mean, I counted this as like a 25 man field. And maybe that's too generous. And listen, I'm a dud. I didn't sniff Wyndham Clark. I didn't sniff Brian Harmon. There have been lots of long shots in big events. Keegan, Kitty Yama. I wasn't near any of them. And they might do it again. But I'm just, I'm too committed to fuck them. I don't mean like fuck them. I mean like, I'm not, I'm not changing. I'm not changing at this moment. We're in August. It's almost over. I'm still betting how I bet. And God, please get me a score. So I don't have to reload for football. Is there anyone 50 to one plus that you do like? Because there was one. Yes. I mean, it's not the outright number because what's the highest number on the board? Matt Neesmith is 350 to one. Mackenzie Hughes is 300 to one. Brandon Wu and Ben Griffin are 250 to one. Poor Taylor Montgomery, 250 to one. This season really fell off a cliff when it came down to it. I'm just trying to see who down here would I actually want to bet. And it's weird because Spawn hasn't hit a putt in five months. But when I was going back and doing the research, I forgot that he was either in the final group or the second to final group here last year, then shot a 78 in the final round. But his ball striking numbers are off the charts good just consistently over the past three months. But the putting has been so bad. Can you just back someone like that, potentially even like, now, if he's 130 to one to win, what would you assume his top 20 odds are going to be? See, like 130 at a lot of places or just like one place? He's 130 um, at DraftKings. I don't know what he is anywhere else. I, I didn't look that far. Oh, Morikawa boost up to 28. I'd take that. <laughs> um. So there's a guy between like 50 and 100. And I think if you got two guesses, you would guess because I bet him and lose on him a lot. And it's almost disingenuous for me to bring him up. But the banana stand for me is the name Six, that I like back there. 60 to one for Corey Connors is. I see an 80. Okay, even 80. Like I think this course makes a lot of sense for him, right? Yeah. This is a banana stand course. But it for him, but it never has been for him, which is a really weird thing because just you know he's played better golf coming into the playoffs than he's currently playing right now. He's never finished better than twenty seventh in this event, and that's including WGCs, playoffs, whatever it might be. Like the driving's always been really good. He's never really hit his approaches here well. They are very small greens at Southwind, um, so it relies on not necessarily a lot of chipping. But if you're not hitting all your greens, then you are going to have to rely on your chipping, which just He's never really all that good. It has been good, better for him this year. I will say that. But I don't know. He just, he his season felt like it got a little bit derailed when he kind of, not imploded, but just did not give it a great effort in the final round of the PGA Championship. I mean, yes and no. 
he hasn't played horribly since 20 in Canada, nine at travelers, 19 in Scotland. I mean, those are miscut at the U S open. Um, yeah. The win always seems like a huge ask. I mean, I'm seeing Benny on at 50 to one. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I, listen, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not betting Ben on at 50 to one. No, or, and I wasn't, or, I wasn't or saying you were at 45, but yeah, I think the odds are reasonable for him for sure. But if I try to like back, like, could I see him winning? Sure. I can see almost anyone in this field winning. Like, do I think that Aaron Rye and Corey Connors being the same number is a bit laughable? Sure. I think that Corey Connors is a much better player than Aaron Rye. But that also doesn't mean I think he's going to win this week. Yeah. I mean, also the problem with Corey is there was a run here. I mean, I guess you would know the putter's now been lost where it was a nice run of like you were going to get not red, but he hasn't gained strokes putting. And I mean, I don't know what the open or the Genesis, but I assume he lost strokes putting there too. So it could be six straight events. That tracks, but he's been gaining around the greens, which is something he never does. Like over his also, past, over his past five tournaments, he's gaining a half stroke per event around the greens. Doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, throughout the course of his career, he is losing a half stroke per event around the greens. And I've seen him chip himself out of tournaments before. That's always in play, regardless of what Azinger remembers. Um, here's the other part of it, Pat. And this is probably more so to players of higher quality than Corey Connors when I bring this up. All season, the elites on tour many times lamented this elevated event world in which they created, um, and it's a new normal, it created a lot of golf in like condensed periods of time. And there were some complaints about fatigue, and I'm not here to feel bad for any of these guys. But I would say... Almost all of the really good players haven't teed up since the open. Correct. Fresh, ready. It's cash season. There's guys that play for glory. There's guys that play for cash. So where's Matt Kuchar? He didn't finish top 70. No, and, and, most um, of, and most of the guys who really believe that went to live. I guess, I guess you're right in, in that respect. Um, yeah. And have we had long? I mean, Keegan won the BMW. I mentioned all the long shots that have won this year. We were in a run where like long shots weren't touching FedEx cup events. Um, did they pull them off last year? I'm trying to think Straka lost to Zalatoris in this event. I believe Cantlay won the BMW championship and didn't Scheffler win or did Rory win? Rory won the FedEx Rory cup. won. Yeah, yeah. Rory won. So individual winners, Zalatoris, Cantlay, Rory, Cantlay, Cantlay, Finau, DJ, Rom, DJ, Reed, Thomas, Rory, Bryson, Bryson, yeah. Keegan, Tiger. I would, because Keegan won, 20, Bryson won back to back in 2018. Because I remember we hit him, I believe, at the Northern Trust at either 80 to one. Yeah, eight, he was yeah, 80, 80, 80 but to we one. We didn't go back. No, we didn't. He was 40 the next week. So I guess he yeah. would have been the long shot winner before Keegan, who was 100 at the BMW Championship. Sure, but when we look at Bryson, you know, there's like a pedigree there where that fits the other names. Now, even now though that happened, at, yes. Um, so sure, if a guy who's longer odds, who we believe is on the precipice of being one of those players. Maybe you said Burns 45 should be your stop point. Other than my pathetic obsession with the banana stand, I, I agree. There, I'm not going down this board, and I'm going to build that sucker like 30 to 50 because I'm too, I'm too cheap to play the top, I guess. Well, I don't know. I, but I, the top is so due. 
it really feels like that. The one I would probably go to from that range that we're talking about, 50 plus, and he's just not figured out this course over the course of his career. But I think the answer is Keegan. Like doesn't if you say that Corey Connors is a really good fit for a course, which I believe that he is ball striking wise, isn't Keegan exactly the same, but he putts? And he's he's um well, I guess Corey want want Valero. Uh, yeah, no, Keegan should be coming here with, with confidence. We're not in the Northeast. I don't know how that affects him. But, yeah, anytime it's like a landmine sort of filled property, Keegan is out, can always lurk. And Keegan's still one of the few. I, I guess he would have to win the FedEx Cup. But if he wins this week and he wins Eastlake, maybe he would need to win all three. That's probably not happening. Just, I'm thinking of outside people that could win player of the year because he won the Zozo earlier on in the season. So if he wins two of these playoff events, he'll then have four wins in a FedEx cup, which would look pretty good. Probably doesn't beat Rom's four wins in a major, but still a pretty good season for Keegan. An incredible season. A good for him. I didn't know that the Keegan player of the year mention would show up today, but um, it might actually, it might actually be, it might actually be impossible. I think he would have to go win, win, win. And Rom would have to play poorly. Yeah. He'd have to win the FedEx cup cup which would put him at three and even still they'd be like fedex cup ain't no masters pal no i'm saying he'd have to win this week the week after and then at east lake to give him five wins on the season because if you're not gonna what does a guy like if a guy's in 60 like 58th place what does what would he have to finish to get a play next week well it depends on how many points oh you mean like if he's currently 58th yeah i don't know they're worth four, amazing. They're they're worth four times as much. Oh yeah, that's right. So now it's now the see. I looked this up yesterday about the cut line. It does say that there is a cut line this week to fifty players after Friday. They they're very bad at messaging the PGA Tour. They like changing things too often. It's very hard to find the right information on things. Like, do I have to scour Wikipedia and trust that? Because I tried to look up the yeah, official I know, site, and you are, I went on the media guide, and like nothing. And there's no like track record. Like there have been instances where the PGA Tour's official website and tournament websites are wrong, and we Wikipedia is right. And then there are times where it's obviously the worst. But I mean, reverse where Wiki's wrong, and obviously the tour website has it correct. But you sometimes just never know. That's the funny part about the PGA Tour. They're just a step ahead of the CFL. <laughs> In terms of communicating to people who care. Not well, a compliment. Well, that's all I kind of got from the betting board this week, to tell you the truth. Like, it's all the it's all the guys. There's only 70 guys in the field. We think you know, 25 of them can potentially win. I mean, do you want to mention Straka? He lost in the playoff last year. He was second at the Open. You know, he won the John Deere. He's having a good year. Yeah, and I could see him from early indications. He's probably the most popular long shot um, bet, like north of 50 to 1 that I've seen on the webs this morning. Cam Davis getting some love in that respect. Uh, you know, his ceiling can, seems to play anywhere. Um, Tom Kim is playing this event. Um, yeah. When JT had that shot in the woods on 18 yesterday, Obviously, Jim Nance and the broadcast had no idea we saw anyone who cares about the sport saw the Cam Young shot put in their face 800 times during the week. I thought they would like maybe reference it or show it. They don't care. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anyone good. We didn't bring up Ricky. The way he's striking, it seems like a lovely fit, but I missed it once. I'll miss it twice. Okay. Hatton is the same number that Ricky. Well, no, I guess he's better than that. But in some places, the same number as Ricky at the 3M. Hatton is? I mean, at the Rocket. Hey, you said he was 18 to 1? He's 18 to 1. He dropped down to 22 to 1 at DraftKings while we were doing the show. So I don't think there was much interest for him, but he's higher in other spots. Yeah, and that makes sense. It's hard to see anyone running to bet him at 18. For sure. Like, it's not getting With worse than 18. Friend. So, the bets in one and dones for the week. I have my one and done. I have Cuss one and done. I'm taking Burns, and he's taking Ricky. So, you get to make a selection here. Although, I think we're about done. I think the second place from Henley buried us, and Cuss is going to win one and done for the first time. It's coming up, Cuss. <laughs> It'll end week one when he uses the Chargers as his survivor, as he claims. Um, I think I have Scheffler available. Yeah, you do, actually. Unless you okay. use him at the open, nope. which I don't think that you did. No. Nope. All right. Scheffler. Scheffler it is. The guy who updated the one. Maybe I did, actually, Pat. I don't know. The guy hasn't updated. And I think he used Rory. You're right. I did use Rory. Thank you. Actually, no, you use Scotty at the U.S. Open. I see it here in front of me. Okay, so give me. Ignoring all good players out. Um, you know, Cam Young. Cam Young. Yeah. I'm out. I can't wait. I'd have to run the table. You've already you've already used Cam Young. Wyndham Clark. I don't even care. I guarantee you, I haven't used him. You don't even have to search your sheet. All right, Wyndham Clark it is for you. So betting-wise, I'll commit to Burns right now. I'll bet that as soon as we finish the show. But I'm thinking Hatton, Morikawa, Fleetwood, Burns. Make those my four. Move on to next week. Yeah, I don't know if I can get to the top, but you said it. Morikawa, Burns, Cam Young, and there's that Fleetwood boost. I don't have the willpower to resist, so I probably got to get there. It's funny because I don't see the Fleetwood boost. I have Fa- I have Fowler and Morikawa as my boosts. Maybe they, they know me a little bit better. Maybe, but here's the thing. I'm kicked off this site, so I need someone to make it for me, and you would be an option, but you have a different boost, and my buddy whose account I hijack is out of province. But in Ontario, Pat, if you have friends in Ontario who aren't kicked off of Bet365... They're showing a Fleetwood boost. Okay. So that's what we'll do for that. And maybe JJ Spawn I'll play as a top 20, top 10, depending on the right number that I can find. All that's going to be in the newsletter, so sub to that for free down in the description. I do want to talk about the schedule a little bit. I wanted to backload that because I said we'd talk about it, that if we're thinking about winners and losers, it's hard to imagine anyone got screwed more than the Canadian Open. Every reiteration... Um, you know, before ever like the last major schedule shakeups, uh, they went from after the open championship to before the U S open, but, but hold on before the U S open is a good spot in my mind for them. Yes. It became a good spot. You are, you, you are right. But now it's before Memorial and the U S open. And the issue is, and it's, so it's before the Memorial, the Memorial, the Memorial is going to be, and it's a signature event. And then it's going to be the week, you know, two weeks later, it's going to be the U S open. But the week after that, the travelers has remained 
as a signature event as well. So it goes signature event, major signature event. There's no way anyone is going to play in Detroit or Canada. Just why would they? Why? Okay, this is now I'm calling something out. I get like why Genesis, Memorial, Bay Hill, Bay Hill like will always be signature events. But there was a cluster of events that were supposed to rotate in their signature purse. So why the fuck does Travelers get it again? Uh, this I do not know. Couldn't tell that, you. Listen, I, my recollection was they said these would be rotating things. They would rotate them to give every event the carrot of the fields that those purses would bring. So let's rotate them. Not Genesis, not the preeminent ones. Uh, and even in our discussion, Pat, you you made a great comment in that a lot of people's first reactions were, this is bad for waste management. But you said, no, 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 no. Stop the clock. The waste management has built itself up where it doesn't even need that anymore. Like it's above it. Even though the purse might not be as big, it will have no issue getting a field that we all love. Yeah. None. It, it's, it's not going to have the field that it had this year because it's sandwiched in between two signature events, because I am kind of glad Pebble got the signature event status. It's going to suck as a pro-am to watch that on TV. However, it'll be nice to see all the best players at Pebble. Uh, I think that everyone can kind of agree on that. It's a beautiful course to watch on TV, and having a reason to actually tune in to watch it is going to be nice. Then you're going to watch it, and it's going to be Jim Nance doing interviews with country music people that I've never heard of, and it's going to be like, what the hell is going on? I, I don't need to see for the 500th year in a row Ray Romano's swing path on Kayona Minolta Vision, or whatever the hell that is. But it'll be nice to see the great visuals and the great players there. The one that gets screwed at the beginning of the year is Farmers. No one's going to be playing. The farmer's field this year is going to look like a lot like the pebble field has looked like in years past. That is crazy. Yeah. It's looking at it. It's in big trouble, at least for next year. So that got rotated from Phoenix to Pebble Beach. Maybe it will get rotated to Torrey Pines next year. Waste management won't have the field that it had this year as a signature event, but it's still going to listen Thomas is going to play it. Scheffler is going to play it. Rom is going to play it. Like all the regulars who always played it anyway are still going to play it. Because then you still have Riviera the next week. Did you see then Mexico has moved to February, which I think is really good because that wasn't drawing anyone anyway. So you can kind of just throw that to the side as like, hey, here's an oh, here's a bye week for you. And then you have Honda, which is now the Palm Beach Classic because it doesn't have a sponsor. Those are just bye weeks, a two week bye week for all the good players. And when is Honda? The week after Mexico. And the week before, back-to-back, no-cut signature events. Bay Hill is no-cut. The players is no-cut this year. So how big is that field? Wow, that's horrible. I agree. That is just, that is the play. I cannot believe, I get the stars can make rules, but, like, if the players... Like in all the sports, it's still a union filled with a bunch of offensive linemen. They're not all quarterbacks. <laughs> How they couldn't protect that event to be full field for their fucking un- their body is such a fucking embarrassment. Other than match play being gone, that's the second most disgusting thing on the schedule. 
it really devalues the players in my mind. It is, makes it, it's a joke. It makes it no different. I mean, it'll have slightly more money. That's great and everything. But if you're not going to have the biggest field possible with a cut line and really open it up, like, you know, for a while, it was being talked about. I mean, there's no fifth major. Like, I always kind of joke that John Deere is the 43rd major, if that's the case. There are four majors. But it was very clearly the event that was closest to them in terms of prestige, in terms, I mean, for money, sometimes it was more. But this just makes it exactly the same as Riviera and Bayo. It is no different. There is nothing special about it. It's inferior to the Genesis. Like, maybe you could say it was on the same level, but it, that should never be the case. And you're right. Sure, it's the fifth major, but it should have been the four majors, gap, the players, definitive gap in terms of how we rank this, the events. No more, man. You're fucking also, it's an also ran. So selfishly, we got some nice vacation time in here. <laughs> yeah, good. Good for good. Good. So good. from I, I can do all my Genesis content and then I can just basically take two weeks off for Mexico and Honda because that's going to be nothing. And then if I really wanted to, I could take some time off after the Valspar and come back for Zolero, uh before the Masters and really get into Masters. Then the Masters and then the Heritage remains a signature event, which is a cut event, which you know I always liked for the Heritage. And then it goes... Let's see here. There's a alternate field event for Corrales that same week. And then you have, let's see, I can leave, I can leave on like the Wednesday and then come back in two weeks. I'll miss Zurich again. No big deal. Then it's the CJ Cup honoring Byron Nelson. And then you go Wells Fargo, Myrtle Beach, which is an alternate event. So then you go basically Quail Hollow and PGA Championship back-to-back weeks. Like they've just basically loaded everything around the majors. And maybe from a structure standpoint and TV ratings standpoint, that's when they know that people will care the most about golf and they're, they're willing to punt away weeks on these other events. Yeah. And I don't think that is a bad thing in the sense that like, they'll still be there. They're still on CBS or NBC, but I think they even understand if you're not, you don't have to watch if fields will be shitty. Um, now we love to bet them. We love to make lineups. We love to hopefully have a sweat. So we will, we're the people that are always watching, but yeah, this, this schedule definitely created um, some gaps. Where are the Olympics this year? Paris, Paris. Okay. So that makes more sense because the, the Olympics are the week after the open championship, but that's a very short flight to Paris. Yes. Uh, weekend, week after. Yeah, it's a, it's so a are Harmon and Windy C representing the USA at the moment or what? Yeah, currently. I, I believe they are. Oh, go team. Opposite field event to be determined. Okay. That's that's, that's <laughs> nice for the schedule. Uh, that's in between. Yeah, like I said, Colonial, Colonial and Canada really get screwed here being sandwiched in between the PGA Championship the U S open and two other signature events. So hopefully next year, some of the stuff flips like, you know, whether it be colonial or the Canadian open, if they get that travelers championship spot, although it doesn't look like, because the no cut signature events, I believe are the ones that are stable all year round. Like they're always going to be those. So you have Genesis Bay Hill Memorial and the players championship now with heritage travelers, pebble beach. And I guess quail hollow because quail hollow remains a cut event, despite being a signature event for the second straight year. I I thought that would have been locked in 
as one of the other ones as a part of that rotation, maybe that can flop onto something else. And as for Canada, I guess, getting shafted, um, it probably hurts. Ca- oh, no, this is probably a dumb comment because the RBC Association, regardless of field date, is incredibly beneficial to Canada. But RBC, once they keep heritage elevated, they almost be like, OK, you can do whatever you want with Canada. Like in that respect, they're like, you know, the tour wets their appetite enough by giving them an elevated and they I don't know, can't. With, with what I've been hearing about Canada and RBC even having to renegotiate, uh, Canada's probably one of, could be one of the cheaper dates on calendar for for you to put your name on. Probably, and it probably does enough boots on the ground and ratings within Canada for some of these places that maybe it kind of. Oh yeah, it out. meets its quota for like tickets and suite sales, one hundred percent like internally as a, as an event. So the tour loves it. I'm sure. Is there even a course for this year? Yes. So they're in Hamilton this year, Pat St. George has bailed on 25. And I can tell you the winds are not looking kind for Oakdale in 26 um, for how great an event it was that is now being used against it in the sense that we have to vote as a membership at the end of this year. St. George's membership voting at the end of last year and saying, no, I feel like has emboldened people in on our membership to sort of look, they said, no, we could say no, but there's this campaign that's working sadly in that. And you can get it from a sense and saying it was so good. It was so magical. It was a Canadian heritage moment. We'll never be able to top it. Like, let's just leave it at that and have that memory be it. Um, and people are, kind of warmed up to that idea i would also say three years does seem pretty close if they said we want to come back in like seven years i feel like my club would say yes in a heartbeat like that's a gap three it just feels like it will be here right again um yeah and we still don't have our driving range everything else has been fine for a while but we still do not have our driving range and i'm a snob who hates mats like i'm sure any golfer yeah. When you're just, when, when grass is the always option there. So well, you, you, mats give you a sense that you're hitting the ball really well, even when you're not hitting the ball really well. Yeah. Cause you're, yeah, your club doesn't, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's when, easier when, to come through it regardless. Yeah. When you chunk a ball off a mat, it doesn't give you the same sort of chunk that you do when you actually hit it off the grass because your club isn't sticking into the ground. So that ends up becoming a problem when you head to one. You've been chunking the ball the entire time. Now you should be able to tell from the sound, obviously, but you know some people can't. And you get this like, oh, yeah, I'm hitting it pretty well right now. Bring that to the course. Like, no, you are not swinging the club at all. Yeah. Fall series is really weird. So you can play yourself into elevated events during the fall series. But anyone who is already inside, it's either the top 70 or the top 50, I'm not quite sure, of the FedEx Cup standings when it ends this year, cannot accrue FedEx Cup points during the fall series. But they can play and take the money. They just get no FedEx Cup points. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see how that works. I mean... Listen, I like it. It's four o'clock. There's like three afternoon games on and uh, there's a a TV for golf. Yeah. I'll leave you with this. We just recorded the Cuss Corner with Tim and Garion. That's coming out. I think there'll be another one that comes out in between that one. That one will probably come out a week before 
the NFL season starts. And we're going to record our best quarterback stuff soon for next week. So that's going to be – maybe I'll release the, the Cuss Corner 44 on Thursday, and then I'll have 45 in the can for before. But you might get a mini out of us doing something this week. Yeah, too. but I, I always put the minis uh, – minis together as a part of like a big episode to release like when i'm on vacation or something like that uh or you can watch it in real time either way cust thinks this is topic number one on cust corner he thinks that there should be places where average joes like him can go to go ride in a real f1 car on a track well like there are tracks all across everywhere where you can get in a race car and rent the track. No, and a, re- a real F1 car that like Lewis Hamilton drives. Tell Cuss what the insurance premium on his joyride would be. And he would probably say, yeah, no th- average Joe. I can't do that. Like, what is it? So I don't understand. He wants to get into a. The real car. He wouldn't even know what to do. Well, he I mean, like he- to take a picture or to drive to drive. No offense to Tim. Guys I, like me and him, we wouldn't even fit in the fucking car. That was Garyon's point. Garyon's like, you're not fitting in that car, man. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, I see. Well, I well, had they, no one to. Well, he also made the comment that you know they would need to be able to adjust it for him. Can he drive a standard? Like no. the, I don't even. I mean, obviously they like shift gears, but it's probably like a setup that's even crazier than your like the dude's mazda oh for sure it's all the the pedal gear shit. like in his buttons it's like button gears well on he's the wheel he he proclaimed that's easier to do than actually shifting gears because i i've kind of caught myself in a rabbit hole on youtube at the moment and i guess you watch one or two videos and the algo like now it just sends you them but it's just like and i'm not even an f1 like fan but it's just like behind the scenes paddock stuff from an f1 weekend like setting up the paddock and the pits i I don't even under so i've like just recently been looking at the cars or factory tours of like red bull and aston martin of their teams so i don't know that's the youtube rabbit hole i'm currently in so this is a weird topic for me as someone that doesn't even care about f1 tim is insane like you don't need me to say it i don't even know what he's thinking yeah, so we have that. What else did we have here? I talked about porn theaters, but that's me. Is that because Pee Wee Herman died? Yeah, like... I've, I had to give a special RIP to my doppelganger, Paul Rubin. And I heard that was a setup. Well, you can listen to the show about it. It was my contention. Like, oh. at, when VCRs became a thing, like, why did porn theaters even exist? I agree. And I will, obviously, listen to the thing. But in some of the Paul Rubin's death aftermath, like, it's not like he was at the Little Mermaid and pulled his dick out. He was in a fucking jerk-off theater and pulled his dick out. Like, someone was there to get it. There was like a... Uh, how do you... Uh, that's revolting, even uh, the thought of those places. The last one was um, his new business plan for personal valets at grocery stores. <laughs> I don't even... I mean, there's like... What a more like <laughs> sorry. I just don't even know. We just and told- he's like literally referring to every store. He's not even like referring to maybe that could work in a couple locations around like the country. Well like a couple I had pointed I don't even out know how 
How like you would work? probably have to pay a hundred bucks to get that service per person for someone to go around and shop with you. And it was just because he didn't want to scan. His, oh, he didn't want I to pack. Just parking the car. No. What a fucking. No, it's like a personal okay. shopper. He basically, he just wants to hire a personal assistant. But in some respects, if you want that, then you just do the, like you can order it to your door. People that grow to the store, like it's also a very personal thing. And maybe they're like self-conscious. Like they don't need to see me putting two boxes of Oreo ice creams into my cart. Yeah, but that's, but as he's always said, he needs to be the one to like, that's the mango he wants. So he needs to be the one to actually pick it. He just needs someone to walk the cart around for him and bring the groceries to his car. Why is he such a baby? I don't know. Isn't it? I mean, if he wasn't, we wouldn't even have a show. <laughs> I guess so. But like, he's just has very many like baby tendencies. Just, like baby boy. He needs a parcel pickup to come back. Is that still a thing? No, I think now they've just like, if that's what you need, we just, you pay a few more bucks. We'll send it right to your front door easy enough all right that will do it on the pat mayo experience we'll be doing our best quarterback rankings before we do afc wins nfc wins football will be back and back we have to work out a date too i talked to rob i talked to cam talked to raza tim and now i'm telling you i want to do the win totals draft with the six of us i don't really know the logistics of how we're going to set that up but i think it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i love that i love that concept that'll be great so we'll try to get all this stuff out to you starting next week. If you missed the ranking shows for football, those are already out on the feed. You missed the research show for the St. Jude. That's already up on the feed. So remember to smash the like, sub to the channel, rate and review the podcast, sub to the newsletter, all that fun stuff. And remember to play in the DraftKings Listeners League. That is down in the description right now. Okay? I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!